this episode, James Brummett talks to Andrew Jitt and Daniel McCoy about the Real Life Theology Handbook and how it can be used in many different ministry applications. If you're looking for more resources for your ministry, this is a really good one to check out and listen in on this podcast to get some real life examples of how this can be used. Let's go ahead and check this out and learn more about the Real Life Theology Handbook together. All right, my name is James Brummett, and I am a pastor from Richmond, Virginia. And it's my honor to um, host this session on the Real Life Theology Handbook. Um, and our authors are with us. Andrew, why don't you um, kind of introduce yourself uh, to our group here today? Fantastic. So my name's Andrew Jitt, born and raised in New Zealand, so I'll be your favorite Kiwi until you meet another. So born and raised in beautiful promised land, because if you look at Moses, he went southbound, and he took a wrong turn. He's trying to get to the promised land of New Zealand, because okay. in New Zealand there are no snakes, it does not snow. We have the Shire, Middle Earth, hello, and plenty of sheep to eat. So life is good in New Zealand. So born and raised there, done ministry in New Zealand. My wife is from Louisville, Kentucky. He will say to me, why would you leave the promised land and come to America? I say two G's of God and girls. So I'm very smart in that order. So uh, life is good, done youth ministry. I'm currently serving as a missions pastor. My real heart is to raise up the next generation to live on mission for God, whether it's in their local community or around the world amongst unreached people groups. So love just talking, having good conversations about Jesus. Awesome. Uh, my name is Daniel McCoy. I'm the editorial director for Renew.org. Uh, so kind of the content guy, uh, written a few books. Well, we are, uh, when I received kind of the draft copy of this um, a few months back, and I was super excited about it. So you guys have, everybody got a copy of this uh, while you, when you came in your registration bag. And I just, what, what is this? And the best person's to ask are those who came up with it. So what 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 do we hold in our hands? I'll start and yeah. you back clean up. Um, the you, you've seen the big book. Has any you raise your hand if you've seen the big real life theology book? Um, so this covers that same territory of of the theology, the real life theology, which is basically uh, twelve books in one. Uh, this covers the same territory a lot more quickly um, in a very interactive step by step way. So that would be it in a nutshell. And so Daniel started writing it, and then he said, hey, I need some stories. I was like, well, what are you writing about? If I'm going to contribute, I need to make this make sense. And I just kind of started ripping the book apart and said, theology to me is very overwhelming. I mean, you see that thick book, and you're like, well, that's some dead time reading, not like, you know, anything but the big theology book. And oftentimes when we look at theology, it can be very overwhelming. And I think there is a void of good theology out there today. It's why I love Renew. And so as Daniel invited me to then come on and, and co-author with it, it's, to me it's literally, as the title says, real life theology. How do we live out theology in our everydayness? That it's not just something that we go to church and suddenly get the smorgasbord of, of you know what we're meant to do, but it's like, no, how do we live this out in our everydayness? and build a foundation upon what is true. 
So if you've not seen uh, the big book that Daniel was talking about, um, the, it's 12 books put together. Uh, it's a brilliant book, by the way, um, uh, written by a number of different authors. Um, and we actually have been using some of those uh, individual books at our church. I'm taking some guys through that and some and our staff through it, actually. Um, and so th- if I'm understanding, this book is, is taking the kind of the high points of those 12 books and condensing it and transforming it into another level, another digestible level, right? Um, and so how, um, how is this book different from other theology books? Yeah, um, I would say in giving space to be very real. You know, you, you mentioned it's real life theology, right. and so we spent a lot of time figuring out how do we live this out in the real world. But there's also space, yeah. If, if you want to grab it and look through it, this, this would be a really helpful thing uh, to do as we're talking about it. But at the beginning of every chapter, uh, we give a lot of space to just be really real to say, okay, in this issue, when it comes to truth, for example, these are your options. And so look through these options and just be honest with where you're at where, and also where you want to be. So I'd say that uh, is one way in which it's different than a typical theology book. In the most theology books, here's what you need to believe. This really gives you space to wrestle with what, you know, what we're saying and also to just be honest with where you're at. Um, yeah. And that's a beautiful thing because I think, you know, hey, I mean, I grew up in the church. Jesus believing parents, fortunate for that. Could I go and ask my dad, what is truth? And him not kind of scold me. I don't know, you know? Like, it didn't create... There's sometimes this... Um, the guard is up, like, I should know all this, and there's not space to really wrestle, you know, with some theology. And what was really sweet going through this with my 10-year-old and nearly 13-year-old, is they're like, Dad, I'm kind of option B. How do I get to option C? Because I know that's right. Talk about a, aha, uh-huh, like, thank you, Jesus, for this moment in time that I get to have that conversation. So, you know, it was a great platform to be able to go, yeah, kids, where are you at? Like, what's your understanding? Because if I'm going to build truth upon the word of God, I want to be involved in that from the very beginning and build it up from a young age. So, you know, most theology, again, it's, I mean, I, in seminary, Erickson, Rudum, you know, these big books, you got to learn it for the test. You know, this is like, how do we help you build your life upon what is true and what is real? That's what's awesome about this book. So who, uh, who will find, um, let's phrase this question well, um, what applications, who will find this resource helpful? Where, where do you see it being, uh, producing the most fruit? Um, I would say this is going to sound fairly broad, but I really do think high schoolers are going to get a lot out of this. I think college students are going to get a lot out of this. I think adults are going to get a lot out of this. We, we wrote it to where it's accessible for that high school age group. We didn't dumb it down. You know, this is very, very accessible, but it's also very much, you know, um, if, if I was going through uh, new believers or people who just want to learn theology, uh, I, w- I would definitely go uh, through with, with uh, adults through this. So. Yeah, and I have several high school students that I'm mentoring into missions, and so giving them good theology before they hit the mission field is key. 
And they're loving it because the opening pages, it's like Nietzsche to um, Plato to Socrates. And they're like, dang, Andrew, you hit me like a fire hydrant. But in a good way, you know, and so it's really opened them to going, okay, like I need to do it. And it was funny because as I started the semester off with these students, I was like, what do you want to study? I've written all these other stuff that we can go through. I was like, do you want some theology? They're like, yes. Like immediately they're like, I don't have theology. I feel like I need theology. But again, am I going to give them Wayne Grudem's like 7,000 page book, you know, or is that really that accessible? So this creates good platforms and conversation to go through. Again, like as Daniel said, it's not dumbed down. It's real theology, but it's pointing them towards truth. And we live in a society where we live in subjective truth rather than objective truth. And so this helps, yeah, young and old. Um, as a former youth pastor, and I wish I'd gotten on to this earlier, some youth pastors are going to be doing this with their students, and then they're going to open it up to parents to do it. So you're going, right, how can we empower and equip the church to be the church? And it starts in the home. So as, you know, children and students are going through this, parents are going through it as well, and then guess what? On the way home, how rich of a conversation would that be centered around what matters most in life? So it can be used in a variety of settings, which is brilliant. And so for some people, I know I've spoken to some pastors, they're going to use it for new believers. So going, hey, as a church, we want to help you not be intimidated by theology, but welcome the conversation. And as you wrestle through it, we want to walk it through with you as well. And, and in such a way that, you know, even a high schooler gets through this, they can then take their friends through it. It's, it's very accessible that way. And then that becomes the replicable disciple-making process. Yeah, when I, got the, uh, when I got the draft copy of it and I started looking through it, I was like, this would be good for, like, more than half the people in my church. You know, I mean, right. so I wasn't just, I was thinking I'm excited about the, uh, the, the idea of bringing this uh, 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 the theology conversation to Students, but then I, when I saw it, I was like, "Wow, this is this could new believers uh, absolutely." But just the average person in the church I lead would would benefit tremendously from this. And again, as opposed to saying, "Hey, we're going to go through the real life theology books that are five chapters and very very short," but it's going to take us the next year and a half to do that. You know, this this might be an option for uh, people. So so you guys see this uh, being used. Uh, by students and maybe even for students. In other words, they could disciple their friends through this. You see this uh, potential use in a new believer setting um, or even could it be done in, with adult small groups? I mean, if you just oh, totally do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so it, that's an application there. Or even a student ministry wanting to walk their kids through that. Would there be, what kind of components would, if a student ministry wanted to utilize this, how do you see that happening? What, what would that look like for student ministry saying, hey, we're going to use this? Um, well, I, I'll go ahead and mention um, that each chapter has a has three icons that say, let's talk about this. And so, you know, ideally, everybody going through it is going to be reading it through, filling it out, you know, drawing pictures, whatever they, however they want to do it. But then there are three places in each chapter that, um, 
Let's see what would be. So you've got like self-assessment. <clears throat> Let's talk about this. Yeah, give us a page number. Everybody's yeah, got page, their book. Let's over. go to page eighteen there. Uh, that's I think the first one. Yeah. And off to the left-hand margin at the bottom of the page it says, "Let's talk about this." Um, and so this this would be a place to pause and have uh, you know have the leader say, "Okay, what where are you guys at? You know, which option were you?" Um, you flip over to page uh, 22, top of that page, you have the scriptures um, that you work through. You write it down, you draw a picture, whatever, and, and that's where you talk about, okay, what did you, what did you find from the scriptures? Uh, what does this passage teach me? Um, go ahead and flip over to the final in this chapter, page 24, top of the page, uh, where you actually have kind of some small group questions or self-reflection questions that it's good for people to work through um, on their own, and then the leader, uh, you know, will will walk through it with them as well. So three times each each chapter as they're already working through it individually. Well, what was your question? No, that's good. <laughs> was that your question? That's good. <laughs> okay. How like, would a youth pastor? Yeah, how, yeah, student. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah so, no, that's good. So how I would as a youth pastor, I yeah. would teach from say the study section, draw out principles. You know, use some of this, and then going, hey, for discussion, let's go and break off into small groups. Let's talk about this. You know, here's some key scriptures. Because so often, you know, and we were having this conversation earlier about devotionals, right? It's someone else's voice. And there are great voices out there, don't get me wrong. But I want my kids' loudest voice to be the Holy Spirit. And so there's no substitute for them being in the Word and going, yes, scripture, we hold it in such high regard that we want the Holy Spirit to be leading and to guiding. And so as they wrestle with the truth, they're going to see in Scripture what it says. And so that needs to be the foundation. But, again, it, it gives them that space to do that and not just saying, okay, here it is. You're going to pass the test when you get to heaven. Good luck. All glory to you. In his book, Atomic Habits, Author James Clear says, Environment is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior, which means one of the most important things we can do to help people grow is to create environments that encourage and support the choices that lead to growth. I'm Abby Barris, a designer and ministry veteran, and I would love to help you create an environment that leads to both personal and organizational growth. You can find me at abbybarrisinteriors.com or at churchdesignhelp.com to learn more and to download your free guide to creating spaces designed for growth. So what what makes this resource cuz I you know I've I'm uh, I've looked at all kinds of things out there. I haven't seen anything um, for for students like this that kind of does what this does. So what makes this um, kind of a part A and part B question? What makes this useful for students and maybe even uh, new or young believers? What about this makes it useful um, or helpful for young people, new believers? I'd say uh, one thing for sure is the apologetics emphasis. Um, apologetics say, being you know, yeah. defending the faith against uh, you know the, the rocks that are thrown at it. Um, you know, that's, that's one of my main passions is apologetics. And so, you know, it's full of, of really uh, good and, and basic, okay, you know, wh- how do you respond when you're suffering and you're wondering, I thought God was supposed to be good, you know, that, you know that's in here. Um, questions of, of identity, um, questions of, uh, 
kind of fit the philosophical trends right now that says, you know, existential trends that say you, existentialist trends that say you define reality. It's all in here in accessible ways. Um, but these, these are the apologetics issues that they're going to be coming up against. So earlier and earlier now. So I'd say that's, that makes it uniquely helpful for this age group. And what's really good is it's bite-sized. So it's not overwhelming to them. But then we provide, if you want to go deeper, here's some great resources that you can lean into to take that journey of going, okay, yeah, I want to dig into this a little bit more or that. And so that's what we aim to do is going, how do we start the conversation and guide it in the right way with good next steps? To going okay if you want to go deeper we'll meet you there and give you the resource to do that yeah that um i just i just did a message series at our church where at the end of every message i gave them I, we answered a you know kind of a pressing question but then i gave them four or five different resources that if they wanted to drill down on that specific thing and when i look through this i mean this you guys have gotten i don't know how many books you recommended <laughs> But there's a ton of them, and as I have glanced through them, I'm just like, wow, these are this is really really good. So the um, so that aspect of this resource is excellent. Um, so you know, uh, great job on that. Um, so if I were going to go through this, how long would it take me to get to go through it? If we're going to stay through it either individually or if I were going to lead a group of people through it, is it a is it two weeks for one? Chapter or is it you know one week for one chapter? How what's the pace that someone might go through this? Yeah, so I mean, if you're doing it individually at your own pace, uh, if it's uh, a group, um, you could do 13 weeks. You could do 26 weeks. If you do 13 weeks, everything in a chapter gets fit in that one week. If you do 26 weeks, um, you just kind of cut the chapter in half. There's a, we we talk about this um, in the intro to the book. That there's these three elements you'd want to do in the first week. Here's the next three elements you'd want to do in the second week, and and it'd be 26 weeks. So the way I'm using it right now, we meet for about an hour and 15 on Sunday morning um, with these students, and they go through it. We'll read it, you know, we'll ask the questions, and then they go home and do the study more bits. So kind of where we give extra books, you know, like study more, and then a passage. I'll go home, reflect on that. Then we'll come back and talk about what has the Lord taught them since we last met as they reflect on this theology. So we'll be done in 13 weeks. I'm doing it that way because then they're going to go, right, I'll buy them an extra book and go, who are you going to do this with? Mm. Because that's the thing. It's good to have good theology, but if there's not movement and not multiplication, we're just going to get fat and sassy and happy. Mm. And so we've got to go, right, how do we then pass on what we've learned as well? Good. What, so what's your favorite feature of the book? Hopefully it's a different feature for putting it <laughs> I'll go first. Yeah, so yeah. My, my, my favorite feature are the snapshots. Mm. And these are kids yeah. that I've personally discipled and know each of their stories. And so it's people who've gone to countries like Somalia to... Um, Ethiopia to El Salvador, young people who are wrestling with real theology and going, okay, what does this mean? Like, in one of the chapters you'll read about Dylan, who just honestly prays. He was meant to be going to El Salvador um, with his wife. It had been a three-year journey to get into this point. We're going to announce him on the Sunday. On the Tuesday, they found out that their son had a major heart condition requiring two open heart surgeries which the kid has since had Caleb's had 
and then will need a heart replacement by the age of 20. And they're going, God, we've been praying for El Salvador and going on the mission field, and yet you've done this to us, but God will we'll praise you and you are still good. So how do you wrestle that? And that's just a snapshot of going right. If we're going to be real, it doesn't mean we're going to be immune from the pain and the suffering. But how do we still understand that God is sovereign and he is good? So those inspired me as I'm writing them and receiving these stories from friends all around the world going, yeah, this is what it's like. And I think oftentimes we don't have those examples that we can celebrate Mm -hmm. and going, hey, how can I be inspired by these people as they live through theology as well? Mm -hmm. Um, The snapshots are are so helpful because it's like this is a lived out in real life. Um, I think my favorite is probably at the beginning of each chapter. It's the uh, the part that you know, option one, option two. It's it's your self assessment, mm-hmm. and the reason that's I think so helpful is that it helps uh, it helps people to be honest and um, and just it's so incredibly easy to give the Sunday school answer in church. And it's like, well, I know the right answer, so therefore, you know, the teacher's going to think I'm. I'm, I'm where I need to be spiritually, and they may be miles away from where they need to be. And so this really gives them the opportunity to uh, look at the honest options. It kind of validates uh, that, that they have their own opinions about things, even as we're trying to get them to land where they need to. Um, but that honesty, I think it's so much better to dig it up you know, right now, rather than just assume that things are fine and then, you know, the, the trajectory continues and they go off to college and become a statistic. Um, so I really like the fact that we encourage them to get very honest and also to, to know their options. Because I think oftentimes we forget that people need space to be able to wrestle with things. And, and three questions I always ask people as I'm discipling them, where are you at? Where do you want to get to? How can I help you? And that's really what we build into this self-assessment of just being truthful. And, you know, I've got kids who have grown up from, you know, wearing diapers, you call them in America. Yeah, we call them nappies in New Zealand. If I said nappies, you'd be like, what? I have to think. So, yeah, so diapers, you know, and and they're like, you think they're just going to pick the option C because it's the right Bible answer. And they're like, really wrestling between B in this circumstance when I'm at school and A in this one when I'm at home and you know, different things. And that's just beautiful, that it's a safe place. And if they can't be vulnerable in church, where can they be vulnerable? So we want to create those opportunities, you know, to then go, okay, here's how we can help you get deeper and more solidified in your faith. And I've asked um, Tina Wilson to come up. Tina Wilson of uh, Ecclesia Church. She has a very novel way that she's been using this book with with uh, her kids. Is that all right? If, yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. The let you sit here. Hot seat. Hello. Hello. Again. Hi. Good to meet you, Colin. Go. So, so can you, yeah, <laughs> would you mind sharing uh, kind of what you've done at your church and your co-op and everything? Sure. Yeah, we um, are using your book in three different settings. Um, We have a homeschool co-op, so we're using it with our middle schoolers in that program, and then separately with our high schoolers. And then our church also has like an urban arts program that reaches out to kids in under-resourced neighborhoods. And it's led, well, it has a leadership staff, but then it's hands-on led by mentors who are college students 
who are meeting in small groups and pouring into the kids who are coming from these communities. And so we have discipleship for the mentors. So we're actually discipling them um, from this book also because many of them are new believers and some of them aren't even quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're teaching kids drums and dance. It's like urban arts classes. So we're trying to bring them there. Uh, those are the three settings we're using the book in. What I love about it is that it's it's got the apologetics and it's um, kind of worldview training, which I think mm-hmm. is important. But I think that it's been difficult for restoration movement churches to find that where you don't have to throw in several caveats um, where it's misaligned with what we're teaching otherwise. And this one, you know, you don't have to do that. We don't have to add disclaimers to certain lessons. And so it's, I think, the worldview training that our tribe has needed for young people, and it's done really well. Um, The self-assessment at the beginning, I think, is incredible. And um, you mentioned, you know, the kids need the ability to be transparent in church. I think the way that this fosters that really well is in that self-assessment, there's not just which of these options do you align with, but which one do you want to align with? Like, where am I and where do I need to be? And that's always a a crucial question that we lean into in the weekly. We're doing it in 13 weeks, uh, which I regret. If I could start over, we would do it in 26. But I'm working in a 50-minute time frame with each one of those groups and it's not enough um, because we're coming in and reading it together. We go around and we read and then we'll stop and say, all right, take four minutes with your peers around you and have some discussion. Uh, So I do wish that I had broken it down and if you're working in less than an hour, I think that you should do it in 26 weeks, especially if you're going to read it together, uh, which, you know, because it's a discipleship tool that can be used uh, from ground zero I didn't want it to uh, be burdensome by saying, this is your homework, mm-hmm. read this, and then come back prepared for the discussion. I'd rather us all sit in the room together and read it um, so that those in the room who are a little further along can can kind of set the example in the way that they respond as they hear for the ones who we're trying to bring along. Thank you so much. Yes. All right. Um, what uh, questions do you guys have for our authors? We'll do a little Q&A here. How does this book do when it comes to the disengaged uh, kids, especially, uh, you know, that can be the majority, and so how does it do for them? Obviously, it's helpful for the ones that want to go deeper. They're like, oh, theology, that sounds great. Um, and then there's always the kids, the majority, who, who wouldn't be jazzed by that. So um, it's a great question. I, I would say there, there's not a... A, for, a magic formula for for that student uh, relationship, obviously, you know, is re- truth and relationship is what's going to need to happen with all of them. Um, I do think that this has a fighting chance to help the disengaged kids because it it, it builds tension into the air. Um, I think I find that to be incredibly helpful. When I taught kids um, at a Christian school, I taught Bible. For a number of years, and uh, you know, the lessons that were not boring were the ones with tension. And like, um, you know, when we talk about what atheists actually believe in and the, the points of the atheists, and well, have you have you looked at these other religions and, and this other philosophy? Have you really thought about the the, um, the current kind of leftist um, philosophy that's um, that's prominent in our culture? That builds tension into the room. And I think that really engages the disengaged pretty quickly. 
Um, and and again, kind of validating that they do have that they are in different places. And we don't just assume that you have the, the good kids that know the Sunday school answers and then the, the kids that are kind of on the periphery. We, we acknowledge that, you know, there are different, um, yeah, worldviews and stages and all that. And I think it creates an opportunity to go, you matter. You may not be engaged, but I want to engage with you. You know, and creating that space to going, yeah, how can I help you? And maybe it is because they haven't understood who God is or what story they're a part of or what is truth. So again, it, it's not a overwhelming like fire hydrant. Here it is. There's that tension as Daniel says for them to then figure out, okay, well maybe I'm disengaged because I have got the wrong narrative on this or this or this in their understanding. And so then as they put the pieces together in a safe place, then they're going to go, okay, you know, now I can engage in a healthy way. Well, thank you again for joining the Real Life Theology Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm with Renew, and we're just really blessed and excited that you are still joining us and tracking with our podcast sessions. Let's go ahead and join back in on Thursday, and we're going to have another great session for you. So we're looking forward to having you with us then.